When you're poor in the country and nothing's in the budget, you can try your hardest, can't buy you justice. Wanna jump in the truck and go and grab the musket. That's what you call buy you justice, buy you justice, buy you justice. Who really knows the truth and can you really trust it? Buy you justice, buy you justice. You can try your hardest, can't buy you justice. And good evening once again. It's another Sunday night and time now once again for Bayou Justice. Tonight a little bit different. We're not going to spend as much time on cold cases. We're going to be talking about folks that are already serving time for their crime and folks that are saying, you know what, I think I'm ready to get out. And we're talking about, of course, death row in Louisiana. Death row. We've got 61 people on death row. And they're costing uh, about a million and a half a year to uh, this death row program that we have here in Louisiana. So there's a lot of talk about getting rid of the whole death penalty, capital punishment in Louisiana. We've had a couple of bills pass and fail or or be written and fail uh, trying to do something about that. So the governor said, hey, why don't we just allow the 60-some people, 61 people, there's 60 men and one woman that are on uh, death row right now. Let's allow them to petition to the pardon board. You know, they could never come up for, for parole. That's, they're not allowed to do that. They're on death row. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and let them make a case. We'll have a hearing. We'll go through everybody who wishes that we have a hearing, that wishes to apply. Fifty-seven of those uh, 61 people wrote letters to the pardon board and they have hearings scheduled. Now that's not gonna cost very much at all. We're gonna take a look at those. We're not gonna look at all 57 tonight, but we're gonna look at nine cases just randomly pulled. uh, I tried to pull some that were from South Louisiana. So we could take a look at them and see uh, what, what, what would you do? You know, should their sentences be reduced? Should they be let out? Uh, what exactly should we do with these folks? Um, it's kind of interesting, though. I'm still perplexed by this whole um, cost of the death penalty program. You know, when I uh, humanely euthanize a dog, it's like two or three hundred dollars. Okay, so before we get started, again, we're going to look at nine cases. We're going to look at uh, Anthony Bell, James Copeland, uh, Antoinette Frank, the only female on the list, Jason Reeves, Kevin Daigle, Kyle Jokel, Todd Wessinger, uh, Decarius Holiday, and Daniel Blank, a uh, well-known serial killer in South Louisiana. We're going to take a look at those cases before we are done tonight. Before that, I thought it would be interesting to kind of go over some more um, execution, death penalty, capital punishment facts for you here in Louisiana. Um, Like I said, we've got 57 who have filed for clemency. We've got 61 on death row. So some of them didn't even give it a shot. Um, 
Louisiana has executed in total 650 people since the first execution in 1722. 28 have been executed since 1977. Of the 28 that were executed in 1977, there were 15 white men and 13 black men. Only two people have been executed in the last 20 years. 11 people have died of old age or or natural causes on death row. They were on death row. We didn't do anything to them. They just died waiting for their time to be up. A study from Loyola University, this uh, was from 2019, found that in 15 years, the state spent $200 million on their death penalty program. And during that 15 years, they actually executed one person. Just one. That guy, by the way, was Gerald Bordelon. He was executed in 2010. He was convicted of kidnapping, raping, and murdering his 12-year-old stepdaughter. For a long time, for a long time, hanging was the primary method of execution in South Louisiana, and actually in all of Louisiana. They, uh, up north, they had this thing that they would, they would take a wheel, like a wagon wheel, and this is like in the 1700s, and they would run over people over and over and over until they killed them. But otherwise, hanging, it, always, it was always hanging here in those early days. And then in the 1940s, we started electrocuting people. We had an electric chair, just one, for the whole state. And it, they'd load it up on a flatbed and they would haul it to all 64 parishes. It was housed in Angola. And uh, yeah, anytime you need to schedule an execution or two, you'd call them and you know, they'd basically Uber out the electric chair. And this went on until 1993. And in the, we didn't spend a whole lot of money on capital punishment uh, in any of that time. Um, in fact, it, was, it probably cost more to build a gallows than it did to haul the electric chair around. But in 1993, we decided to go to lethal injection because it's more humane. You know, it's, it's a better way to go, right? Unfortunately, remember I, I, what I said about euthanizing my, my dog? You know, what is it, two $300? Well, the pharmaceutical companies, when this happened, when we switched to lethal injection, the price from the pharmaceutical companies went through the roof. Now, they claim the reason was because of DNA evidence, because folks were getting off. They were, they were finding out that people on death row were innocent that they really shouldn't have been there. And that scared the pharmaceutical companies. They were worried about lawsuits. So therefore, they jacked the price up. That, that's their official stand on why that happened. Uh, but regardless, it became something that was very, very expensive to do, uh, apparently more expensive than housing inmates because uh, that's what we've been doing. We've just been housing them instead of actually putting them to death. Now, this is, uh, I don't want to talk about uh, the, the rights and wrongs, eye for an eye and all that sort of thing. It's just that in Louisiana, it is 
the law that if you are committing a first degree murder, if you're um, if you're creating our are guilty of treason. I'm trying to think there's there's some other there's a form of rape. I can't remember exactly which it is uh, that is also uh, puts you up for the death penalty. But anyway, uh, in all of that time, uh, we've had this. We, we've had this, and it's still on the books. They would like it to go away, a lot of lawmakers. I don't think a lot of the citizens would like it to go away. Um, but maybe the information that we cover tonight will kind of uh, give you an idea of whether these folks should be treated a little bit differently or not. The first person I want to talk about is this guy right here. This is uh, Anthony Bell. Now, Anthony is from East Baton Rouge Parish. He was born in 1980 on October 13th. And uh, he committed the crime that for which he got the death penalty uh, in May, uh, May 21st, 2006. He went through the courts and did all of that, and they gave him the death penalty on September the 11th, 2008. Anthony Bell was convicted, charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Not just one, five in the deaths of his estranged wife and four of her relatives in Baton Rouge. Again, May 2006. After shooting his in-laws, Leonard and Gloria Howard, uh, 78 and 72 years old, uh, he also shot uh, Dolores McGrew, who was 68, Darlene Mills Selvage, who was 47, and they were all at the Ministry of Jesus Christ Church when he killed them. He abducted his estranged wife, Erica Bell, uh, from the church and shot her in a nearby parking lot. Though Bell was allowed to represent himself in court, after the trial, his attorneys presented evidence that he suffered from brain damage. Uh, they said he had undiagnosed bipolar disorder, and therefore he should not have gotten the death penalty. The Louisiana Supreme Court, though, rejected those arguments. Next on our list is James Copeland. Uh, James is from Tangipahoa Parish, and... Um, he was born in 1959, uh, November 20th, 1959, and he committed his crime on July 7th, 1979. James Copeland was convicted, along with George Brooks, for the July 1979 rape and murder of 11-year-old Joseph Cook Owen. Copeland was 19 years old at the time of the incident. He told police that Owen had come over to the house where he lived with Brooks, and they both attacked the child. Early the next morning, the pair took the boy, bound and gagged, to a field in Livingston Parish where Copeland shot him with a shotgun. Copeland at first blamed Brooks. Brooks was 37 years old, by the way. 
Uh, but later, later, Copeland confessed to doing it all himself. Copeland, who is now 63 years old, is the longest serving inmate uh, on Louisiana death row at Angola. Incidentally, all of the men are housed at Angola. Uh, all but the, the women on death row are there. And speaking of the women, Antoinette Frank. She uh, was born in 1971. On April 30th, she committed her crime on March 4th, 1995. Antoinette Frank, at the time of her crime, was a New Orleans police officer. She was convicted in the 1995 killing of Ronald Williams II, who was also a New Orleans police officer. This happened during an armed robbery of a restaurant along with two members of the business's, the business owner's family, 17-year-old uh, Kung Vu and 24-year-old Havu. Frank had been moonlighting as a security guard there at the Kim An restaurant. And so he was familiar with how much cash was around. And she robbed the business along with 18-year-old Rogers Lacasse. During the appeal process, it emerged that Antoinette Frank may have been suffering from PTSD due to childhood sexual abuse and erratic and violent behavior for her because of her father. So she also should have been off by reason of insanity. However, the Louisiana Supreme Court did not uphold her sentence, and that's why she's still on death row today. Looking at Jason Reeves. Jason is from Calcasieu Parish. He was born on January 8th, 1975. And the date of his crime is November 12th, 2001. Jason was convicted uh, in November for the rape and stabbing death of Mary Jean Thigpen in Moss Bluff, uh, that's outside of Lake Charles. Mary Jean Thigpen was four years old. Reeves picked up the child from a trailer park where she lived and drove her to a cemetery. Her body was found with 16 stab wounds and evidence of sexual assault. Reeves had two prior convictions for indecent behavior with a juvenile. One with a 15-year-old and once with a 7-year-old. That happened in 1996 and 1997. Deputies testified that Reeves asked for the death penalty and that Reeves said if he ever got out of jail, he would find another child and he would do it all again. Reeves' defense attorney argued on appeal that Reeves suffered from depression and personality disorder and that he 
oh, by the way, he developed this disorder after witnessing his sister's death and being sexually assaulted himself as a young boy. So again, he felt, uh, his attorneys felt that he should be let go. Kevin Daigle was convicted of the 2015 murder of a Louisiana State Trooper. This guy was born in April, on April Fool's Day, 1962. And uh, the day that he killed the police officer was, in, uh, was August 24, 2015, just outside of Lafayette. The state trooper, Stephen Vincent, had pulled over the guy, pulled him over on the side of the road, or actually pulled over on the side of the road to assist him because Daigle's vehicle was stuck in the ditch. The state trooper was trying to help him. Daigle shot Trooper Vincent in the head with the sawed-off shotgun. According to trial testimony, Daigle had blood alcohol content of 0.31, and there was meth in his system. Daigle was also charged with the murder of his roommate, Blake Brewer, which was discovered after he went to jail. Kevin Daigle, one of the 57 who wishes to have clemency, and be taken off death row. So, Kyle Jokel, let's take a look at him. He's from St. John the Baptist Parish. He was born in 1985 on New Year's Day. He committed his crime on August 22nd, 2012. Kyle David Jokel, was convicted of killing St. John the Baptist Parish Sheriff's Deputy Brandon Nielsen and Jeremy Trish, both of them, during a bloody and chaotic ambush before dawn in August of 2012. At least five deputies exchanged multiple rounds of gunfire with some sort of anti-government extremist group that he was part of. They were labeled by the FBI as domestic terrorists during the shootout. This happened at the uh, Scenic River Trailer Park in Laplace. Jokel managed to escape police custody during the melee and picked up an AK-47, which he used to shoot Trish. He then stood over Nielsen, who was already wounded uh, from bullets that had been fired in all the shooting. And he yelled something about the Sovereign's citizen group. And then he shot the officer in the head at blank, point blank range. Kyle Jokel, just one of the 57 who would like to get out of Angola. Who remembers... Todd Wessinger. I remember. I remember well. This happened uh, 
in November 19, 1995. Um, Messenger, by the way, was born in November on the 28th, 1967. This all happened in East Baton Rouge Parish, actually in the city of Baton Rouge. Uh, they gave him the dental, the uh, death penalty in in June, June 26, 1997. Todd Wessinger was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder. He killed a restaurant manager, 27-year-old girl named Stephanie Gazzardo, and a cook at the same restaurant, David Breakwell. He was 46. He was Wessinger was attempting to rob the Calendars restaurant in Baton Rouge, again, November 1995. Wessinger had worked there before. He was a former employee. He shot these two folks, both his former co-workers. They begged him for their lives. He left the restaurant with $7,000. That's what their lives was worth. The court denied Wessinger's appeal. He appealed twice. The latest ruling came in 2018, not that long ago. His lawyers argued that during the penalty phase of his trial, jurors were not aware of mitigating evidence because Wessinger had a stroke when he was a child and it left him with brain damage. Again, not his fault. Now let's talk about Decarius Holiday. He's also from East Baton Rouge Parish, or at least that's where he was. I think he was originally from Missouri, but he was in East Baton Rouge Parish when the crime occurred. This guy was born on June 21st, 1977. And he committed this crime on in May, May 14th, 2007. Decarious Holiday was convicted of capital murder for beating his girlfriend's two-year-old son. For beating his girlfriend's two-year-old son to death. This little boy, Darian Kuhn, Decarius was supposed to be babysitting him. He was a toddler. They were at Darius' girlfriend's home, the baby's mama's home, in May 2007. And this man, again from Missouri, told police that he forced the boy to sit on a toilet for two hours after he wet himself and admitted to police that he disciplined Darian Kuhn with his fists. An autopsy showed Kuhn's injuries included 75 body contusions and liver lacerations. He also suffered from internal bleeding. The defense presented evidence that Holiday had a childhood filled with abuse and drama and trauma. So this trauma to the extent that he attempted suicide several times before he reached age 18. 
the jury sentenced him to death anyway. The Louisiana Supreme Court reaffirmed Holliday's sentence after his attorneys challenged the sufficiency of evidence that the prosecutors used to convict him and the pretrial publicity his case received in East Baton Rouge Parish, where he was tried. So yeah, because of the bad publicity this wonderful citizen got, uh, he probably should be let go back on our streets. The last guy on our list tonight is Daniel Blank. Remember, there are 57 of 61 people on death row, just like these folks, that want to be let go. They, they either say, hey, give me a life sentence, take away the death penalty, or, or let me go with, si- with time served, or, or do something, because I, I have served long enough and I'm really crazy, or really have mental problems, excuse me. Um, we may look at some more of these, but, but honestly, honestly, they, they just turn my stomach. And, and I really grabbed the ones that were closer to to my main viewing area i didn't i didn't try to pick the worst they're all like this people are on death row for a reason they're not the kind of folks that you want as neighbors they are not innocent they have been proven guilty let's talk about daniel blank The interesting thing about serial killers is you really don't know. You don't know how many people they kill. If somebody is charged as a serial killer, one or two things happens. Um, Really, they killed one or two people, and they just want to take credit because somehow they get off on saying that they killed multiple people, and they screw up other investigations by you know, saying, oh, yeah, that was mine, and it really wasn't. Or, or the opposite happens. You know, you, you pick them up, you have solid evidence against them for a couple of cases, and they may have killed dozens, just have no idea. And that's the problem with these kind of sicko minds. Daniel Blank is one of those guys, make no mistake about it. He um, committed his crimes that they're at least the ones that they sent him up for in Terrebonne Parish. Um, but we, yeah, he was well known in Ascension, St. James, uh, St. John the Baptist. Uh, there's, there's rumors of him even in East Baton Rouge. There, there was, at one time, there were four active serial killers in Baton Rouge, in the Baton Rouge area. He was one of them. So they really, police did not know where one stopped and the other one began. Daniel Blank, born June 28, 1962, committed his crime April 10, 1997. Daniel Joseph Blank came to be known as the River Parish Serial Killer. He was convicted of five slayings, all of elderly residents. This included the April 1997 killing of a 17-year-old Lillian Philippe, who was beaten and stabbed to death in her home in Gonzales. 
that case went unsolved until tips came in. Tips came in. Remember that? Everybody knows somebody who knows something. Tips came in to a task force that were investigating a series of home invasions in Ascension, St. James, and St. John, the Baptist Parish. And that's how they tracked him down. When police questioned Blank, questioned him about robberies, not murder, robberies, he confessed to killing Felipe and others during a 12-hour interrogation. On appeal, his lawyers argued the confession was coerced. His conviction was upheld. In 2016, the Louisiana Supreme Court stayed Blank's execution one month before it was set to occur. In 2021, a federal judge ordered evidence in the case be retested after defense attorneys argued no forensic evidence linked blank to the crimes. Now, go back to what I said earlier. Some of these serial killers confess to other people's crimes, and some of them kill more people than you know. So, which one is blank? We don't know. We don't know. But there's one thing for certain. He's not the kind of person that you want on the streets. So I don't think he deserves parole or pardon or clemency or or any of those other things. That's just nine of the 57 who have hearings coming up to see if they should not be on death row in Louisiana. One of the main reasons the governor asked that they submit these letters and that the parole board allow these letters. Because remember, when you're on the death row, on the, the uh, on death row, and you've already lost all of your appeals, there is no other avenue. You're not up for parole. But in this case, because of how costly death row is in Louisiana, they were allowed to do this. And these hearings will take place because of that. But I have an idea. You've got 61 people who are experts in killing other people. Maybe if we're looking for a humane way to kill people that don't cost a lot of money, maybe we have some kind of contest. and you know, reduce the sentence of the one that um, knows how to solve that? I, I don't know. This is H.L. Arledge. Thank you for joining me for Bayou Justice.